Continuing on in Luke chapter 17, verse 25. But first he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. This is a sign from Jesus for the last days that it would be as it was in the days of Noah and this generation that he's talking about is the generation that rejects Jesus this generation that he's talking about is the generation that blasphemies the Holy Spirit and we know that Jesus left a helper the Holy Spirit to come and be that that access to Jesus because without the Holy Spirit we're going to fall short we're, we're going to fall short anyway but ha- being filled with the Holy Spirit and the fruits or the evidence the fruit of the Holy Spirit kindness, goodness, peace, joy, love, patience mercy, self-control these are evidence that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and Jesus said you'll know them by their fruits who is who is filled who is accessing God and in Mark chapter let's see I got it turn there chapter 3 verse 22 and the scribes came down from Jerusalem and they were saying he is possessed by Beelzebub and the prince of demons he cast out the demons and he called them to him and said to them in parables how can Satan cast out Satan if a kingdom is divided against itself that kingdom cannot stand and if a house is divided against itself that house being ourself that house will not be able to stand and if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided he cannot stand but is coming to an end Satan is very divided right now all over the place but no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man then indeed he may plunder his house just thinking about that if your house if you if you have allowed satan to enter your house to enter your very being your dwelling place then you gotta get him out and you have the authority to cast out demons when you are submitted to jesus christ and obeying him and surrendering as best you can in every area of your life god gives you the authority to cast out demons in your life and others life and this is the spiritual battle i'm talking about it's the realest battle cry that you can ever answer as a man as a woman of god if you rise to the occasion and it just it gives me shivers just thinking about it but you have the authority to cast out demons to call down the angels of heaven to declare victory over your life in any area of spiritual darkness that prevails no weapon formed against you shall prosper continuing truly and truly means listen i mean i say to you all sins will be forgiven the children of man and whatever blasphemies they utter so jesus is saying that if you're blaspheming the holy spirit you can be forgiven but whoever blasphemies against the holy spirit never has forgiveness 
but is guilty of an eternal sin. For they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Ooh. So if you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit, you are guilty of eternal sin. I believe this is denouncing God. I believe this is getting the Holy Spirit out of your life. And I believe that happens when you reject God. And he, he, you don't want him to dwell in you. But the, the Holy Spirit can't dwell in a house full of abominations. Oh, so... What are abominations to God? I'm not the judge. I, I'm not the judge. God is so good. And he is holy. And we know that he demands us to follow him. Oh, oh right in Mark before that part. John, Mark chapter 2. Let me go back. Oh, sorry, Mark chapter 3, when he was calling his disciples and he gave them... Oh, oh no, it's right after this. So he gave them the authority to cast out demons. We know that there's only two kingdoms, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of dark. And just like Braveheart, when those... that I watched last night, when the Scots nobles were all fighting and squabbling, you know what? Mel Gibson did Braveheart he just walked right out William Wallace that's the character he just walked right out and they said where are you going he said I have no time for squabbling and fighting over who gets what and complaining and sitting around here being a victim I'm invading England he was invading the devil England was such an evil empire Ugh. and they were enslaved they were slaves to England and he said no more I'm invading England you guys sit around and squabble I'm going in because they had they they wanted to be free and that's the battle cry is it's one of freedom of spiritual freedom so we have Jesus saying right after that he has an unclean spirit but if he blasphemies the Holy Spirit he never has forgiveness, but is guilty of any eternal sin, for they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Now, Jesus didn't have an unclean spirit. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they said to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mothers and brothers? My mother and brothers. And looking about all those who sat around him, he said, here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of god he is my brother and my sister my my sister and mother brother and sister and mother so the family that she's talking about is the one that follows him is the one that obeys him and he said that directly after he talked about blaspheming the holy spirit in peter Oh, I love the book of, I love Peter, I love Peter. Jesus told Peter, on this rock you will build, I will build my house and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Peter was, received the Holy Spirit on Pentecost and, and his eyes were open. He, he walked with Jesus for three years and then rejected him. 
in his darkest hour as they and, and was very cowardly and once Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit he never did that again did he he he, he was so filled with the Holy Spirit people just walking by touching Peter's robe would be healed and this is the transformation that's available to any person it doesn't matter if you have been going to church your whole life it doesn't matter if you 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 love Jesus but you're and you and you have the Holy Spirit but you want more this message is for you if you've never heard about this this message is for you if you are um, on the far left on the far right this message is for you we are all God's kids the enemy we're, we're not remember the movie Hunger Games when they kept saying Katniss remember who the real enemy is well the real enemy is not each other the war is not against flesh and blood the war is a spiritual battle and the battle belongs to the Lord and Peter got that victory because Jesus told him he who lives by the sword dies by the sword you know Peter was a fighter he wanted to fight right that was his fighting spirit like well I want to protect Jesus well well the battle was won when Peter repented, right? It started there, this, this willingness to have eyes to see. So Peter's writing about the last days in Second Peter. And he says in verse 9, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers... Be all the more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. And the affection and the qualities he's talking about, if you want to know, verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge read virtue do what is pure knowledge find out the reality of the situation that you're actually in the news no it's not good enough find out what's actually going on research and I don't know if we have time for all we don't have time for all the entertainment that we divulge in and I'm not saying it's bad to be entertained. It's, it's that we shouldn't have any idols before God. Have no other gods before thee. And the, and the, the qualities are self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. And godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. And those are the qualities that that are the entrance to the kingdom of God, but it starts with virtue and then knowledge. Figure out the truth. The truth will set you free. And self-control. We got to learn to practice that and stay in it. Steadfastness and godliness. Godliness is holiness. So be holy. And then love. Out of these flow the fruits of love. And it's clear to you. And we know in verse 20 that knowing the first of all, 
that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone, someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried away along by the Holy Spirit. So prophecy, true prophecy, a revelation of God's word, and that's what revelation is. It's a revealing of God's word. It's we're supposed to understand the Bible. If you're reading the Bible and it's just all like, oh, I don't get it, it's so boring. Well, stop, pray, pray on your knees. God, make me hungry for your word. Make me hungry for your word. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can have eyes to see and ears to hear the truth and the truth will set you free. And this is not boring. I wish I had time to read this stuff all day. Sometimes. Sometimes I don't. But the, whole, the more I press into the Holy Spirit, the more it's like coming alive to me. And maybe you hear people say that and you don't know what it means. And this is something in order to know you have to experience. We all know there's some things in life in order to know them, you just have to experience them. There's some things we shouldn't know in life, and God tells us not to know those things in life. And if we do, there's always grace and forgiveness. There's always, he's always pursuing you, he's a jealous God. And we know that there's false prophets and teachers that come, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist. Anyone that does not profess Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior has the spirit of the Antichrist. In verse 3, his divine power has granted us to all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. My... Oh gosh, it's just so good. I can't. I, I try to like skip around, but then I think, oh, this is too good. This, for we did not follow cleverly in verse 16, devise myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic God. Majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. So that's when the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus with the dove. And he went out into the wilderness for 40 days. And that 40-day period of wilderness is crucial. Because God takes those whom he loves uh, through a wilderness so that we can learn to be dependent on God and enter the promised land. And this is where Jesus was tempted by the devil, and he overcame it with what? With the sword, with the scripture. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from God, from scripture. And you shall not tempt the Lord your God. We can't tempt God. We can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. So, and we have something more sure, the prophetic word to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns 
and the morning star rises in your hearts. Is there darkness in your heart or is the morning star in your heart? That's why we're calling this podcast Blown Up the Darkness with Light. Because all throughout, the truth is light. The truth is what blows up the darkness. And it's so cool because all throughout Jesus' teaching, you're going to see, and the whole Bible, and the, the mystery, the love story of God to us, from God to us, is this metaphor of light. And we see, we know we can either be children of light or children of dark. And the gray is dissipating. The world was gray for a while, but now we see that that gray was just a part of the darkness, shadows. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. So I believe those are religious things that man has created that are not biblical, religiosity, even denying the master who bought them. And the false prophets are... are, And and Jesus says, people are going to come in my name. Well, there's been a lot of... There's been religions that have come up in the last years. Even, dare I say... It's true, there are religions that have come up in the last years that are not the way. And even the way that we practice our faith in churches, there's there's heresy and hypocrisy, and, and I'm a hypocrite, and I'm forgiven, I'm a sinner. The only reason I'm saying this is because I know that Jesus forgives me and he forgives anyone who will accept it. Even denying the master who brought, who bought them, because we were all bought with a price, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensual sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemy, blasphemed. So right there, that's that's a blasphemy. Oh, my goodness. I repent. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, I believe they took on a demonic nature. If he did not spare the ancient world... Oh, see, this is what God does. I didn't even know this was going to come up with the the days of Noah. And God told me that this podcast would be called The Days of Noah before I started it. And I didn't know where I was going to start and go in my scripture. But if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah a herald of righteousness with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes he condemned them to extinction extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly and if he rescued righteous Lot greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked are you like Lot? Or are you like his wife? 
Do you love the darkness, the sexual, the sensuality of what goes on in our world? Or are you like are you distressed by it? I am not distressed by people. I love people. I love you if you are selling yourself man or woman for sex. I love yourself. I love you if you're if you're stripping for money. Sorry, not selling your body for sex, selling your body for money. I love you if you're stripping. I love you if you are but it's God's love. It's it's God loves you. And and you are not a bad person, but you've got to understand that these ways of living are not godly. Anything that's disobedience before God is not godly. So, and if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them, day after day he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. And we know that In Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot was so distressed when the angels came to warn him of God's judgment. And the men outside said, let us have those two men so we can have sexual relations with them. And that was so evil. And and Lot said, I know that's evil before God's eyes and I'm not going to allow that. We're getting out. And they left. And then boom, the, the city went on fire. And that's because there was no one righteous left. There was no one righteous. And, and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the days of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. This is despising the authority of God and saying, I'm going to do whatever I want to do because it feels good. And that's, that's twisted. And that's because it's our pleasures and it's not practicing self-control. And I know that that you know what I'm talking about, and it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, that if there's things that you're doing in your whole life that are hidden, they are not hidden to God. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blasphemy the glorious ones. I gotta be honest, I've, I turned on, I tried to send somebody uh, a little, what is it called, GIF or GIF, I don't know, yesterday because I wanted to see what the the GIF would say for the word hot. And all of, and I meant physically hot, and all of these pictures popped up on the GIFs of, of uh, sexual contents with hot dogs and girls. Um, yeah, that, and that's not, it's just everywhere. All you've got to do is turn on the TV, your phone, and 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 it's the days of Noah. Like what's happening? And and there are a lot of things out here in this world that people are practicing and declaring as good, and it is evil. Bold and willful, they do not tremble as they blasphemy the glorious ones, whereas angels. Though greater in might and power, do not pronounce a blasphemous judgment against them before the Lord. So not not even angels would act this way. They don't tremble before the Lord. 
we're not supposed to be afraid. I talk about fear a lot. Well, we are supposed to fear God. And when you fear God, you're not afraid of the things of this world. But when you don't fear God, your glory is your shame. Because you're reveling in it. But these, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, destruction, suffering wrong as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it pleasure to revel in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their deceptions. While they feast with you, they have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. So if you're a little bit unwaver, if you're a little wavering and unsteady, it's easy to get caught up in this these kind of act living. They have hearts trained in greed. This is Peter writing this. Peter, Jesus's protector, the leader of the the way, accursed children forsaking the right way. They have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved gain from wrongdoing. These are false gods, but he was rebuked for his own transgression. I'd like to look up what Balaam and Beor were into, or what the people did that followed them. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. These are waterless springs. Oh, this... This happened in the promised land. When they, the children of Israel were trying to take the promised land, Bilam was, um, no, he was a, a prophet. I just read this. He was, he, and he, the donkey, there was an angel with a sword that was going to kill him on, his, on the road to tell the, um, the, on the road to tell the king, the evil king, the truth that, the donkey had to stop and he started hitting his donkey because he was like stupid ass (laughs) stupid ass why don't you just go and then the donkey spoke and the angel had the donkey speak and say why are you persecuting me Uh, something like that we can look it up but but just as he he and the donkey rebuked him and saved his life why because he had to repent because of his own transgression and it was madness. So God is calling this kind of living, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, madness. These, these are waterless springs and mists driven by a storm. Waterless springs. We know that Jesus is the living water. And springs, any other water that we're drinking, we're going to be thirsty again. That's what Jesus told the woman at the well. Any other spring that you're drinking from, is not mine come to me all who are weak and heavy laden and i will give you rest this living water is eternal life so that we can worship him in spirit and in truth for speaking loud boasts of folly they entice by sensual passions of the flesh those who are barely escaping from those who live in error so we don't want to be just barely getting by right we want to be oh it's just a lot about the sensuality in Second Peter that will be going on in the days of Noah. They promised them freedom. Oh, 
isn't that what we do we're like free just do whatever you want like you're your own god whatever feels good do it serve yourself serve yourself you got this you have the right you know where where are my rights well that's the whole point of being uh, picking up your cross for jesus christ is that you're giving up your rights you're dying to your flesh and you're you're set free when you do that and paul was writing a lot of his letters from prison and he was saying i'm a prisoner for christ and what he meant was i lay down my rights so that jesus christ and the holy spirit dwell in me and that i can share the love of god they promise them freedom but they themselves are slaves how can you how can the blind lead the blind if someone's telling you rebel do whatever you want like take part in take part in I'm not here to call out people's we've all sinned but to take part in ungodly sexual passions if someone's telling you to do that something that's unbiblical and look it up in scripture if someone's telling you to do that or tells you it's okay, you deserve it. It's not true. Because it's already coming from a place of corruption and disobedience against God. For whatever overcomes a person to that, he is enslaved. For whatever overcomes you, you're enslaved by it. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returned to its vomit and the sow after washing herself returns to wallow in the mire. God was showing me recently the reason why they couldn't eat the pigs in the ancient in, in the children of Israel, it wasn't because it was that that food defiled them. It was because the pigs were dirty and he had them practicing self-control over not doing things that were dirty in the representation of the metaphor. And they, lay, they laid in the mud. And then I just read the scripture just now and I've read it before and I see what it means is that once you're saved and, and you know you're bought with a price, don't turn back to the mud. Don't turn back and be like a pig in your mud. That's what what God is is flat out saying. And it's it's a double-edged sword, right? It's very convicting. It's convicting for me because I've laid in the mud. And I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I want to lay in greener pastures. The day of the Lord will come, chapter 3. Now, this is this, this is now the second letter that I am writing to you. Beloved, he's telling them because he loves them. They are beloved. You are beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets. Now, these... I've been reading the prophets, all the prophets, and they're all prophesying about the present time and they're all prophesying about the last 
days. And I used to think the prophets were boring until I started reading them. And they're all saying the same language. Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, even my, um, Zechariah, Holy Cow, Jeremiah, Isaiah. They're all prophesying about the last days. Joel, in the last days, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Young men will dream dreams. Old men will prophesy. It's happening right now. He's pouring out his spirit on this world. So you... So that you would remember the predictions. So we're supposed to be reading the prophets of old. Lord and Savior, through your apostles, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water, and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. God gives us scripture because he wants us to understand it. And at certain points of time, he reveals them through his Holy Spirit. And this is the mystery. It's being revealed in scoffers. God forbid that you would scoff in the last days that I would scoff in the last days. That we would scoff at all. But if, if you're not excited for Jesus to return, then just ask yourself why. Why would I not be excited? Am I holding on to anything of this world? Because what the world has to offer is passing away. It doesn't matter. It's just... It's just loss for the sake of knowing Jesus. Just turn away from it. Whatever it is, just let it go and say, God, I give you these. I give it to you. I don't want it anymore. I want you. And you're going to be set free. And the time is short. God created a beautiful world and he said let there be light and there was light and this was the first day and now we're in the seventh day period of rest we're entering a rest in the Holy Spirit in the Holy Ghost we're entering this this thousand year rest and the seventh day God rested and this is a part of his plan from the very beginning when he created the heavens and the earth, he knew all things. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father, the Trinity. <clears throat> so this fire, God destroyed the God judged Noah's people in the days of Noah through water, through a flood. In the 40 days that they 
they were it was raining they were learning their dependency on god everyone scoffed at noah and thought oh he's a fool he's a fool well he didn't care because he was filled with the holy spirit and he was obeying god and is that you are you filled with the holy spirit are you are you able to dance and praise and sing god and jump for joy and leap for joy because of what he's done in your life and if you are yes that's great keep going and if you're not give to god whatever it is he's calling you to give to him and and access him and love him and read his word he's going to transform you by the renewing of your mind through reading his word in verse 8 but do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day god created time we know that he created the seasons and time in genesis it tells us that he created time before he created man and as a tool of measurement and there's a time when time will end and this is why it's called the last days because time will be no more and his kingdom will never end when he returns we're going to be brought into eternity in our heavenly bodies and so if it really was a thousand years is a day where now the earth is now exactly entering into its 7000th year and it's 6000 years old and now we're entering into the 7000 year 7000th year which is a thousand year period of rest where satan is being thrown down and as you can see that a lot of the things of this world are passing away and the beast has been wounded but by the same word the heavens and yeah so and Jesus told us we wouldn't have more than 120 years I mean God said that in Genesis that no one's going to have eternal life forever anymore we're going to die a physical death and 120 years would actually be um if there were 120 jubilees which is one every there's a jubilee every 50 years we now have entered that in 3 years it'll be the 120th jubilee just interesting talking about numbers because we know God loves numbers right he he invented them and he uses them to like obviously throughout the bible there's a lot of numbers there's a whole book called numbers why would god do that well because god invented math right like he it's not it's it's part of the mystery that he it's like a super fun scavenger hunt he puts those numbers in there for a reason the lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness He's not like a snail. He's actually patient. Patient and slowness are different. But he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening hastening the coming of the day? 
the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. Mm. Yeah, that. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And that's what we're waiting for. That's what we're banking on as followers of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what denomination you are. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be a conduit of His love and patience, just as Christ is patient toward you. Christ is so patient toward me that that I'm just undone. I'm undone by His love for me and the good things that He's done for me throughout my whole life as I look back and reflect on all of the times that He saved me. And... <laughs> but the day of the Lord is coming. And, it will, and He says it'll come like a thief in the night. And the heavens will pass away. And there'll be a new earth and a new promised land as he's bringing us back to the beginning of what it was he's going to restore unto us. He's restoring to us the joy of our salvation and the things of this world are passing away and he's bringing us, he's going to bring heaven down to earth and we're going to have a new earth and it's going to be one where we have our, we have our heavenly bodies and our eternal bodies. I don't believe the rapture is coming to just zap us out of heaven. Voila! Uh, to zap us into heaven and we're going to sit on clouds. I believe Jesus is coming to earth and he's blowing up the darkness with light. Therefore, verse 14, Beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Your peace is what matters most. Do not, do not forsake it the things of this world and count the patience of our Lord as salvation just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him so so Peter supports whatever Paul says obviously Paul is a repentant man Paul took time to repent and and he also had a donkey experience when he he had to he he was going to Jerusalem the holy city and he and the lord stopped him and said why are you persecuting me and he was blind and that blind that he he gave him he was he couldn't see for 3 days the holy spirit closed his eyes and he did that so he could see his own darkness and in that period of darkness when he when he got prayed for by was it Bartholomew? When he got prayed for this, the eye, the dark, the scales of his eyelids came off because those were like the snake scales of deception and lies and fear that he'd been living in. And he was able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was able to go out and change the world for Jesus Christ. And Paul says, I was the worst person because I was killing Christians, torturing people. And that's what he was. He was... But, so there's no pit that's too deep. God can redeem anyone. He wants to. He's calling all of us to him. Paul 
wrote to you according to the wisdom given him as he does in all his letters see i didn't even know that's what i didn't even know that's where peter was going with this as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters there are some things in them that are hard to understand that's true which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures you got to know there's people out there that twist the word of God. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care which you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.